This is Animal Weapon, and you're listening to Life Minute TV. Patrick Cortez dreamt up his one-man electronic act Animal Weapon in 2011 and has been a staple in the Raleigh music scene ever since. His talent for musical expression led him to win a 2017 Webby Award for his work on the hit podcast, Undisclosed. And over the years, he's released several EPs and albums, including Good Luck Tyrannosaurus and his latest set of constraints, which tackles themes surrounding mental health and anxiety. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Super busy, but... Tell us about the new album, Set of Constraints. It's, it's a different record. It's a lot different than anything I've done up until now. It kind of came about by accident. It was supposed to be an EP at first, but it just kind of, you know, got away from me and turned into an album. Um, and I've never had that happen before. So, And how is it different than your last album? It's a lot more subdued. Um, it's a little bit less all over the place, I think, than something like, you know, my last record was. Or this one doesn't really have any, I hate using this word, but bangers so to speak. There's barely anything that sounds like it could even really fit on the radio that well, you know, um, besides like college radio, I guess. But yeah, there's, I mean, and there's really only a couple songs that are, that have like catchy hooks. And I'm realizing right now, as it's coming out of my mouth, I, I'm not doing a great job selling this record, but I think it's for the best because I got to just kind of, kind of just did whatever for this one. And I didn't have as rigid as of a of a roadmap as I did for like my last album. And tell us about the lead single, Deserve, and the music video that's out already. So that one, um, that one kind of came together really quickly. Um, you know, a few months before that, I had just kind of had a lot going on where I realized like, okay, I've got to start taking better care of myself and stop beating myself up all the time. And so, you know, started going to therapy and stuff and, I feel like it on first listen, it sounds almost depressing, but it's like, pay attention to the lyrics. It's really kind of the opposite of that. Cause it's just about like, not, it's about just realizing that like, Hey, you don't deserve to, you know, beat yourself up all the time and you deserve to be happy. I started and finished that song and the video all in three and a half, four weeks, it was, it went very, very, very quickly. We didn't even have the final mix done when we started shooting the video, but we had enough to be like, okay, this is, cause it's more of, it's, I, I hesitate to even call it a video. It's a lot more of like a mood piece kind of, that sounds super pretentious, but I just feel like it, that's a better descriptor for it, I think. And for the video, we just kind of, I knew I wanted to shoot some of it in Auntie Betty's, which is the bar that's in the first little bit of it. And then I kind of wanted the rest of it to just be kind of solo wandering around Raleigh. And so we managed to hit a couple spots, kind of just give them like a, a little nod. And how does music play a role in your mental health journey, dealing with anxiety? I mean, it's a good outlet for it, for sure. I feel when I really get into it and I'm really working on something, I, it's really hard for me to think about anything else, like while I'm actually doing the work. It can be hard to get in the right headspace to actually sit down and do the work. But once I do, I feel like a little calmer. And that's not to say that it's always easy and that like working on that stuff doesn't also cause a fair bit of anxiety. You know, I think it helps at least at the time, you know, 
And then, you know, especially once you get on a good streak and you're like, oh, I think I might have something here. You know, I might have a new song or like, I really like, or even if I just find a new sound and, you know, from playing around with like synth patches and stuff, that feeling of being productive can help a lot. What are you inspired by and what does your creative process look like? Like, are you inspired by something and then you start at it or do you just kind of sit there and? I kind of just go, you know, I don't usually have like a muse. It's very rare that there is one. I mean, there's a, a couple instances and then when it is, it kind of tends to be more personal, you know, a lot of it just comes from experimenting, you know, and I, I'll have sometimes loose, loose goals here and there. Um, there's one track on this album called DST that I made for kind of a twofold thing. One, like my favorite day of the year is when the time changes forward in the spring it just feels like kind of a weight lifted off and like I love you know that first day um where the time has changed that uh, you know I love like going outside at you know 7 15 and being like it's still sunny outside so I wanted to write something that just for me that I could listen to on spring forward day this year and I did exactly that and but I, I also wanted it to double as um, kind of a lullaby for my niece. She just turned one, um, and I just wanted to I just wanted to make something for her. Not I didn't even really hide it. This I I tend to hide samples and stuff in a lot of my work, but this one I didn't even hide. Um, I had a little sample of her laugh in there, her giggle. So it's cute. And how did you first get into music? I want to say I you know I was like twelve, thirteen. And, you know, I was big into Nirvana and that's what kind of made me pick up a guitar. I probably mostly did it because I thought it would be cool, you know, certainly not for the right reasons at first. And then I got really into it and, you know, started actually performing in front of people when I was like 19 and just doing like really crappy acoustic, like, singer-songwriter, very exceptionally mediocre coffeehouse gigs. And then for a little bit after that, I started trying to get a band or two going and it just wasn't really going anywhere because it was hard to coordinate between like, you know, four or five dudes that are, were, you know, all in our early 20s. So eventually at a certain point, I just started playing around with electronic stuff in Logic. And I was like, I'm going to do this now because this is more fun anyway and I'm better at it. And it feels like I have a lot more room to be creative and I don't have to rely on anybody else, you know, there's your origin story. <laughs> and where did the name come from? <laughs> um, right around that time. And keep in mind, not to, not to sound like that, but, but keep in mind, this was like six years before the movie, but um, I was reading a Deadpool comic and at the beginning of it, he was injecting hamsters with rabies and then stuffing them into the barrel of a shotgun. And then he like fired it at a bill collector. So a literal weapon that shoots animals out of it. And who are your musical inspirations? I mean, I feel like I wear a lot of my influences on my sleeve. Um, so like Nine Inch Nails is a big one. And I've, you know, I've, that's another thing with this record is I have graduated, I think as far as I can so far from, you know, referencing my influences and stuff but Nine Inch Nails is one um some some of the like kind of LA 
upbeat music scene has always been so you know like stuff like flying lotus or baths um lots of stuff that's on the on uh ghostly international i've always been like obsessed with that label and ninja tune is another is another good label that's just they just have endless amounts of really good but kind of less mainstream music and then also you know just some poppy stuff like fanagram and honestly this this record i even found myself i never thought i'd say this like out loud but this record i even kind of found myself being inspired by like a taylor swift you know there's all over the place influences are all over the place never thought i'd say nine inch nails and taylor swift were both influences on a record but there you go and who has been like your favorite artist to collaborate with that's really really tough and i don't know that i have a great answer for that because everything is everybody is so different i think the slight edge would have to go to um my friend alex who goes by neo obsidian and we did a split ep together a few years ago right at the beginning of the pandemic um and he's i mean we we're really close friends we go back 10 or 12 years uh longer probably more like almost 14 15 but he you know we have a lot of similar tastes we met because of nine inch nails i don't know we we kind of have similar ideas that we bounce off of each other and he's done some remixes of some of my songs um and I, he's always sending me stuff that he's working on and I'm always trying to, uh, kind of light a fire under him because he hasn't, he hasn't released any of the other stuff yet, but it's coming and I can't wait. I can't wait just as a fan of his. So I think, I think he is probably, um, edges out the other ones just by a hair, um, working with MJ Burns on this record though was right up there. I mean, she was just that was a whole different thing because you know when me and alex work together it's aside from like one time we were recording vocals for him um it's always been remote and with with mj you know i got to have her right here in, in my apartment recording it was a lot of fun you know uh we got a little drunk and <laughs> just had, got to a point where we had to we kept messing up takes and having to start over because we both be laughing and the mic would pick up one of us laughing we just like ruin takes so um yeah that was another one and then who would be like your dream collaboration I think about this a lot and it's like probably like Fantagram I think but like I think about this all the time I'm like I don't know that I would want to collaborate with any of my you know anybody that I look up to as a musician because like I would be like you know I would be like they're gonna hate every idea that I have like you know not so much a um never meet your heroes kind of thing so much as a uh don't disappoint your heroes kind of thing so i don't know if i had to probably like fanagram i think would be a really fun session and what's the music scene like in raleigh it's all over the place we've got some good our biggest thing is just kind of a generalized umbrella of indie rock we've got some really good um indie rock bands in there there's kind of a revolving door they're not all active anymore but they've you know we've turned out some really good ones goodbye titan is a band that i you know they, they haven't done anything in a while but they were for a little bit like the biggest band here and i'm friends with some of those guys and they were all they were always super cool indie rock's a big part of it there is a, a pretty healthy scene for you know just kind of dj culture 
So lots of, you know, there's a lot of electronic nights at pretty healthy amount of clubs too. So like lots of, you know, lots of like EDM, dubstep, house, trance, drum and bass. There's a lot of that around here too. And then we've got some pretty good local rappers as well. One of them, Casey Battle, I worked with him on one of my, on a remix for one of my songs and he's going to be opening up the uh, the release show tomorrow night. And what have been some of your favorite festivals to play at? So I've only done, I've really only done two so far and one of them was really just the day party. So our big one here is Hopscotch and, you know, I'm always happy to do it any year that, you know, somebody wants me. I, I obviously, the last couple years of, I mean, 2020, you know, wasn't a thing. 2021, everything was a little bit shaky. So, you know, I'm always happy to do that. And then I just the other week did a show for Bull City Summit, which is Durham kind of trying to get almost kind of a South by Southwest thing off the ground. So like festivals with different shows at different venues on different nights, panels, like conference tech conferences. So you know, music, art, film, technology. And I, this was the first year and some, somebody let me headline, which I thought was really cool. So that was fun. Awesome. And what's like your set like? It's usually, I try to make it a ride, you know? I like to have either a good buildup at the very beginning or sometimes just jump in to um, the louder stuff closer to the beginning. And I take it down a little bit and then, more mellow stuff and then sometimes I'll take it to more the the intimate more kind of emotional stuff and then I always try to finish with a bang too but it depends and I try really really hard to keep them really different every time you know certainly not any two shows in a row I'm never going to play the same set list unless I unless I wind up you know touring or something then you know it'd be a little bit more acceptable to just do the same thing every night but I like to but when I'm playing you know just for here because I know a lot of the same people are going to keep coming I want to switch it up and you won a Webby award for the undisclosed yeah podcast tell us a little about that and what that was like that was wild yeah I mean I had been doing music for the podcast since uh I started doing it in 2015 and I was just like talking to I just got in touch with Rabia Chaudhry over Twitter and like the next day um, uh, she had me in touch with like the producer for the show. And then, you know, the Webby thing comes around and the Undisclosed team was like, hey, we want to put you up for a Webby. Are you cool with that? I was like, yeah, of course I'm cool with that. And I didn't really expect to win, but it was cool. And then I wound up going to the ceremony by myself in new york it was it was it was wild and i like you know i'm there by myself and you know i didn't i didn't know i didn't know anybody there i made a couple friends at like a cocktail hour and i actually ran into a guy who played in in this band key theory who i've played with several times here while they were on tour we like wrecked i was like how do I, he's like your animal weapon. I'm from key theory. I was like, that's, I knew it. So, but other than that, I was like all by myself and it's just wild because I'm sitting at a table with like, you know, a couple of YouTube personalities that I recognize. And then Van Jones is like two tables over 
and I was like, this is weird seeing him not on my TV. And, and, you know, Solange is a few tables over from that. And I'm like, you know, and Joel McHale is hosting. And this was before every, we knew like what a scumbag Louis C.K. was. But like at the time, he was one of my favorite comedians and he was there. And I was just like, I was like, I had just the worst imposter syndrome. I was like, I think they invited me by mistake. But there was an open bar. So I just, you know, kept going back to that. So what was it like when they called your name? So for the ceremony, you don't actually go up there. They had a a thing the day before that where they shoot. They only had a, a, a very few amount of people actually go up on stage and receive awards and the rest of those everybody else they shoot they shoot your your little acceptance speech which is you get five words and they shoot that the day before they give you a prop webby and you go shoot your thing and then there's like just a little cocktail hour where you get to just kind of network and meet new people but even doing that I was I was super nervous because this was in this was in May and the cocktail hour was in Brooklyn and I am, you know, wearing a t-shirt with like a blazer over it and, you know, it's really hot and I'm like, why did I do this when I'm about to be like on, on camera? Like, I'm going to be like wild sweaty. <laughs> so I was like, I like got there and they were like, yeah, whenever you're ready to shoot your thing. And I was like, uh, you guys can, you guys can shoot a few more before me. And I just like went in the bathroom and like took my shirt off. I was like, I've got to cool down right now. And I was still very like, I don't know, very nervous. They give you a couple takes, you know, I don't know if you've seen what the Webby award looks like, but it's like, a, just this like coily spring. And they had me, they were like, play with the spring a little bit. It was weird. It was very weird, but it was, super cool it's just this kind of like out-of-body experience what were your five words uh bring a non-syed home thanks and did you know you're you won when you went up before you went up to new york yeah they uh, they tell you um they tell you a couple weeks before that so i had i really only had like two weeks because they announced it online i actually my friends found out before i did because i was in i was on vacation in new orleans when they announced it and you know I've been out the night before so I was sleeping in and I had forgotten when I first woke up I wasn't thinking about the I wasn't really thinking about the webby by the time I went to bed and I woke up and my phone was just text after text after they were like yo you won I was like oh my god and like my mom knew before I did and yeah it was it was wild awesome so what's next for you I've got another, there's like two projects I've got in the works that I'm not ready to talk about yet. I like to keep a little, little air of mystery around that. There's those two things um, that are not necessarily animal weapon. I also really want to do a lot of like, I want to start doing some more instrumental stuff that could at least like go up for, you know, some kind of other media like film or video games you know, and just see how that goes. I'd really like to specifically score something, you know, um, even if it's just a short film, you know. So there's that. And then, I don't know, I've kind of already got some more ideas for new animal weapon, but I I feel like I need to like chill for a little bit because, you know, this is always a lot, you know. Finishing this stuff is already has always been a lot. And I mean, you know, it's not, 
in a way, I've kind of already had my break because the record, I mean, this record has been done for like, like seven or eight months, which is great that this time it was just pretty smooth sailing and not like everything getting done at the last minute. But, you know, there's still a lot to do after that, you know, like, and I mean, interviews, I don't know, probably need a little bit of a break before I start going back to the animal weapon stuff. Congrats on everything. Well, thanks a lot. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Bye. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.